0: Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now.
1: Well, hello, hello, power partners. We are doing it with style and grace. Thank you for joining me here on this informational playground called Star Style. Be the star you are. Brought to you by Be the Star You Are Charity. I'm your host, Cynthia Bryan, and we're coming to you live on The Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel where we hope that you can reach for the stars, land on them, and literally whatever it is you're dreaming about, um, know that you've already arrived. The miracle moment for today is brought to you by Be The Star You Are. Uh, We have a big event happening this week. It is the Moraga uh, pear and Wine Festival, a really fun event, and so we hope that you will come. Our sponsors are the Lamarinda Weekly Newspaper and MB Jesse Painting, and we're very pleased to have them on board with us. So visit their websites. Uh, go to our website, bethestaruor.org, and then you can find them as well. And this is from Helen Hunt Jackson. By all these lovely tokens, September days are here with summer's best of weather and autumn's best of cheer. And I thought that was an appropriate um, miracle moment, a poem for today, because here we are uh, at the end of September and the weather is cooled down. We have cool nights now, but it's still warm here in California during the day. But you can tell that autumn is on its way. The leaves are turning colors and uh, falling, and there's just a, a kind of a briskness in the air, which we love. Well, this uh, show for today, what we'll be talking about is uh, in segment one. I want to talk about birds because birds are in their migrations. Uh, um, system right now. They are traveling short distances, long distances, traveling from forests to wetlands, from the coast, maybe just to your backyard. And no matter what, they need to stop and rest and eat. And this is where gardeners can help keep them healthy and safe in their migration journey. And then in segment two, we're talking about electronic devices and all those cords that get tangled and mangled. How do you keep with all of these and get them organized? Well, we have a few tips. And finally, what are TIAs? They're actually mini strokes that result from a brief block of blood to the brain. And one in five people who experience a TIA will actually have a stroke within 90 days. And 50% will have a flu, a full-blown stroke within 48 hours. So. We're going to give you the warning signs and tell you what to do because time is of the essence. It is so important that you do, uh, get help immediately. Well, uh, Walt Whitman in Leaves of Grass wrote, This is what you shall do love the earth and sun and animals. Well, this uh, past year, I downloaded this really phenomenal app. It's designed by Cornell Lab of Ornithology. It's called Merlin. Maybe you've heard of it. And what it is, is a sound identification app whereby I can record the bird song and then the app analyzes it. And then it indicates what species is singing The sounds can be saved. I can take photos and hold on to those. And what happens is my knowledge of the avian world increases. Now, birds have always fascinated me. My grandmother was a birder. She was also an animal handler and uh, trained a lot of different animals. And in addition to her dogs and horses and barnyard critters, she had aviaries, outdoor aviaries, great big aviaries where she bred canaries and cockatiels, and she raised parrots. And as a child, I spent copious amounts of time with her, taking care of her feathered and her furred friends. And then when my husband and I purchased our first home, my grandfather built me my very own aviary, an outdoor aviary, and gifted me a pair of cockatiels that aviary has traveled with me to three different homes yes i had to get a flatbed truck and have it lifted and the whole thing and what's interesting is the male cockatiel is still the senior resident now throughout the years i've adopted a plethora of injured birds or those that need a new home including pheasants and canaries and doves and finches and quail pigeons parakeets I absolutely love my birds. And wild birds are my garden helpers. And my garden, I plant my garden literally for the birds, and it is filled with birds. I enjoy watching their aerial antics. I love listening to their chatter and observing their feeding frenzies. So my landscape is really a haven for Orioles and finches and wax wings and bluebirds and warblers and sparrows and mockingbirds and blue jays and doves and hummingbirds and a host of species that I am just learning. Owls hoot from the trees at night. In fact, I was uh, going up to put away my goats to lock them up uh, last night. It wasn't quite dark yet, pretty dark. And this owl just flew like right out of one of the trees and just swooped over my head. It was pretty Pretty um, spectacular. And the sky, just during the day, I have just so many hawks that they glide on the current. So there must be the, the, some wonderful air streams above where my little farm is because I have birds just, you know, just soaring all the time. So I do plant my garden so that it provides some food and shelter and water and refreshing baths for the birds. Now, I know that bats are not birds, but an interesting thing happened today. I am uh, preparing now for winter in that I'm starting to put away patio furniture and umbrellas and all of those things. And um, as I, I had wrapped up an umbrella, and had put plastic on it so I could store it, and then I looked, it was clear plastic, thank goodness. And I see this thing creeping on the umbrella. And I thought, is that a frog? I mean, it looked like it was almost hopping. Anyway, it was a bat. So the bat had gone up into the umbrella. I had closed the umbrella and evidently the bat was at the top and it just flew out. It didn't do anything. But You know, to have bats in your uh, garden is really great because they can eat all these mosquitoes, um, especially if you're in an area that has mosquitoes and they eat all kinds of bugs. So they are really great. I mean, you obviously, you know, you you don't want to um, be Dracula like or anything or vampire, but, but bats are very good. So fall is what I call flying season. Millions of birds are migrating and it is perilous. Many make thousand mile journeys twice a year, spring and autumn, and they migrate because of the change in weather, the availability of food, and of course, breeding cycles. And in North America, many birds migrate south to find a warmer climate. They might fly to Mexico or Central America or the Caribbean. Uh, Warblers, Orioles and hummingbirds they do migrate as far as South America. And you know, it's so interesting because they have like a sonar. They, they actually know exactly where they're going. Now, some birds migrate just short distances and um, th- whether they're flying long or short, they need to stop and rest and eat. And many of them are actually gonna land in your backyard for a stopover. And this is where we as gardeners can help keep them healthy and safe in this very, very scary migration journey. So here's what we need to do. So food, migratory birds rely on flowering plants, shrubs and trees that produce seeds, berries, nectar and insects. So if you see birds pecking at your lawn, they are not eating it they are actually dining on insects that could be harmful to your lawn so the birds are your friends and that indicates that your lawn has some kind of invader so does your garden provide this kind of nutrition for these migratory birds the next thing that birds need is water so ponds bird baths fountains any other water feature which will offer a cool thirst quencher and a refreshing bath is really essential for migrating birds does your garden entice birds to stop by for a drink the next thing is shelter shelter well trees and bushes offer protection from predators and a place to rest but you could also put uh, you could hang some birdhouses, uh, uh, because many birds will actually stay there. So does your garden provide a safe environment for your avian visitors? Now to attract and support our flying friends this fall, you want to take a, a walk around your garden to ascertain if you are providing the elements that they need. You want to plant native vegetation, keep your bird feeders full, allow seed heads to develop on some perennials, Provide a clean and accessible water source, such as a gurgling fountain or a pond with a recirculating feature. And by creating this bird friendly landscape, you'll not only be contributing to bird conservation, but you will enjoy the efforts to help your garden grow and glow. So love the earth, the sun and the animals. And I have what I call some end of the month um, important things for you to do um, as far as gardening and and this would be good for the month of october you want to apply snail bait around plants susceptible to snail and slug damage treat for aphids as needed and for aphids if you want to just make a homemade brew just a little uh, detergent you know like a dishwashing detergent in a spray bottle That does the trick. You can make a homemade fungal spray to ward off powdery mildew because powdery mildew weakens and can kill plants. You'll mix four teaspoons of baking soda with a teaspoon of dishwashing liquid uh, in a gallon of water and then spray the entire plant, not just the leaves. Crepe myrtles and viburnum are really susceptible and the spray works well for black spot which um, afflicts, uh, afflicts uh, roses. So you can check that out. Also collect seeds. If you grew sunflowers this year, um, birds love sunflower seeds. Now you can save some of the seeds to plant your sunflower plants for next year, but you can also just either leave the whole heads of the sunflower for the birds to eat or actually put it out you know, in a feeder for them. And speaking of feeders, you want to maintain your bird feeders as an invitation to refuel in your backyard. Hang your feeders in trees away from the house because that'll deter the rodents from establishing residence in your home. Um, you know, the, I have to say, uh, some of the favorite food of rats is bird seed, So you don't want it too close to your house. Monitor the water needs of your plants as we wave goodbye to the summer sun you don't need to water as often now and we know especially here in our drought drought areas water is so precious so we have to really be careful it is time to fertilize trees shrubs and ground tr- uh, covers as the weather cools and start picking your remaining peppers tomatoes tomatillos eggplant as needed and I don't know if you know this a little fact, but I found it quite fascinating that according to the USDA, there are over 25,000 varieties of tomatoes. I'm growing six different varieties this year, and I found the best way for this year was to grow them in pots and in a um, window box. I just i I, except for the little yellow cherry tomatoes i didn't really have luck putting them in my vegetable garden consider adding clover to your lawn i love clover it is a legume that takes nitrogen from the air and transfers it to the soil and that improves the soil quality and it maintains its green color and it attracts beneficial insects, and it does require less water and less mowing. Now there is one caveat with clover, because as you probably have had clover honey, bees are very much attracted to clover. I've only been stung once when I was barefoot on my lawn trying to do some yoga. Uh, I wasn't paying attention, but in general, uh, you know, they don't bother you. they're not going to at- bees won't attack you. It's yellow jackets that attack you and they' are- they're meat lovers, so they're going after meat things. But it is bees that you could have bees on your lawn. So uh, if you have little kids, you you know, you at least want to warn them of it. But I do think clover is really fantastic. Stand under a tree canopy to listen to the bird song. It is amazing when you are looking up uh, under at a tree and you can hear the birds, but you can't, you don't know where they're coming from. Just try it. You'll really enjoy it. And replace your lawn with a gorgeous succulent sanctuary. You might, um, if you don't want a lawn, just put um, succulents in. And you can beautify your porch with pots of calabrochia or seaside petunia. That's what it's called or butterfly stone crop. Uh, those are in full bloom right now. And stone crop is almost like a succulent, uh, very little water, a pretty pink blooms. It is time to refrigerate tulips and hyacinths and crocus for four weeks before planting. So if you're thinking of planting in November, you wanna get your bulbs and get them uh, in the refrigerator now, not the freezer, the refrigerator. You'll have to learn to dis, uh, to deter skunks, rats, and other rodents from your property because as the water the the weather starts turning inclement, they are looking for shelter. And I know I had a family of skunks living under my deck, and um, you really don't want that. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of apples on the tree, so make applesauce, apple butter if they fall from your tree. There, it's just a huge crop this year. And just remember, you don't need to peel apples. The peel has lots and lots of vitamins. You can wash, slice away any brown spots, cut them into chunks and add to a pot filled with a small amount of boiling water. Squeeze some fresh lemon juice on the apples, sprinkle cinnamon and nutmeg, and you'll have a very delicious, healthy treat. And no sugar needed. And uh, finally, Prepare for fires and emergency evacuations. Make sure you have a go bag ready. And I hope you will join us, um, Be The Star You Are, myself, volunteers, and the radio reporters, several of them, from Express Yourself at the Pear and Wine Festival in Moraga. We are. we will be uh, giving away and you'll get to plant seeds. I'll have my books and be autographing. We're going to have other giveaways. We're going to give some books away. So visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. Click on events and you'll see Pear and Wine Festival. So happy gardening, happy growing, and happy fall flying. Enjoy the birds. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style, Be The Star You Are. And I will be back just taking a break. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Get autographed
0: copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 gifts, and Be The Star You Are for teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-star 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 Are you seeking a dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times best-selling author and lifestyle coach Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise nine two five three seven seven STAR and visit ww dot com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan ww dot com. express yourself follow voice america at facebook.com forward slash voice america for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts it's power time on star style be the star you are with your passion purpose and possibility producer cynthia bryant now, back to the power party.
1: Well, we are back and we are going to be um, talking about managing our, some of our electronics. And it was interesting. I was just reading a magazine and there was an article that said, five surprising ways to use your iPhone. And I um, thought, okay, I thought I know all this stuff. But I really learned some new things. One of the things that I learned is that I can scan documents uh, with my iPhone and I don't even have to have an app. I used to have a a scanner app, but I don't need an app now. And uh, what they said to do is because, you know, it's really hard to find a good scanner. I've had my last scanner broke. I got a new one, but now it doesn't scan big things. So how you do it it says that you open notes, which is already on the phone, because it digitizes documents. And when you write a new oh, uh, you open the note. You tap on the camera icon, click scan documents. The camera opens, a yellow square appears. It detects the edges of the paper, and once you've scanned each page of your document, or whatever, whether it's a recipe or a photo or whatever. You can adjust the scan and then your phone will, will create a PDF for you to save and to share. So that is really, really great because just recently I was asked to scan something that was way too big for my scanner. So I thought that was really good. Um, another thing that I thought was really, really good was the translator. Um, I mean, I have a translator app on the phone, which I never use. But I, the, I knew, and probably most of you know about this one, but the phone can actually translate museum websites, emails from your hotel, um, you know, online train schedules, anything in another language. So you have to highlight the words and then wait for the pop up. You tap the arrow and then you select translate and your phone will detect the language. It recognizes more than a dozen. I French is one of them. So I have to practice on that. But I thought that is really great. So you don't really have to, um, you know, you don't have to uh, open an app or anything. So again, you know, you can snap a photo. You can highlight the text to translate. You can even press the play button to hear the right pronunciation. I, I thought that was a really, really good one. And then one other one that I didn't know that it did, and I thought this was great, is your phone can be a level, you know? So like, like say you're trying to hang a photo, I and I always, I have a level, but um, it, it, this is easier. So you can put your, what you do with your phone is you open the measure app, and that's where your phone also works as a measuring tape. And then it detects dimensions and distance. And I guess that's augmented reality. Um, But you select level. And then as you tilt your phone, the angle will be displayed in the center of your screen. And when you hit that sweet spot, your screen will light up green. And then you can, you know, fix your photo or level whatever it is you're doing. For me, I'll be outside, you know, leveling bricks. But I thought those are really handy. But that's what not uh, what I wanted to tell you about, but I just found this and I thought it was so interesting. So, um, you know, cords, electronic cords. Our modern society is so dependent on electronic devices and obviously we can't live without them. I mean, if your phone goes dead, you're you feel like, you know, your life is over. The average person owns at least five electronic devices. And if you have like a household, if you have six people that live in your house, think about that. That's 30 different cords to organize and to plug in. So when we consider that so many devices require more than one cord, that number could really escalate quickly. So every device these days needs a cord. We have to have passwords and we should also have a designated place for charging. So we're going to discuss organizing the cords. Now for me, I organize my cords in my office, but it's so uh, often with like my husband, his are just all over the place. So it's so much better that you organize them in one place. And that you know what every what cords you have and what they go to, I and mean, it's not really a fun activity to do. But I think it's something we all need to do. So you want to gather and sort and then purge all the co- cords you own. Do you have like a box of cords and you have no idea what they're for? I was going through some file cabinets, and you know, I have I have uh, cords to plug in that were for cameras or old phone I don't even know what they go to because I hadn't labeled them so now we have to learn to decide on a labeling system now if I uh, put something away I put everything in a ziploc bag the cord the phone or whatever it is whatever the electronic device is and I label it so you do want to try to have a charging home for all your devices and then hide the mess of cords that are coming out of the wall and get rid of the cords you don't need or at least store them so because if you don't do that it's you could you know trip on cords it's just pretty much a mess and i'm sure everybody has a box or a drawer of i don't know what these are but i maybe i should keep them because i might need it one day and the reality is that If your electronic device is over five years old and you're actually not using it, I mean, it's not something that you're saving because it's a a VCR that you have lots of um, videotapes and you're going to plug it in and you're going to use it one day, you probably can get rid of those cords. Uh, I wouldn't get rid of electronic cords that go to something that you really, even if you're not using it now, you feel that you're going to, you know, you're going to need it in the future. So that in that case, wrap all the stuff together. That would be the, probably the smartest thing to do. So um, it, otherwise, other cords you can probably get rid of. And you can if you really need them, they're probably available online somewhere. So go through your box of cords, pull out all the ones you identify and then label them. Or you could take all that, those whole box of cords and just send it to an e-waste facility. Most garbage companies now have a day where they pick up your electronics um, or sometimes you can call your garbage service and for a fee they'll pick them up or Lots of um, organizations have like a day of elect- electronic e-waste where it, they have like a donation system. And it's, that's a good way. You don't want to just throw things into the trash because they could be toxic. So decide on a labeling system. There are all kinds of labels that you can uh, purchase um, and for cords and for everything. And it's important to label all of your cords and especially the cords for devices that you're going to need to uh, you know that need to be charged frequently and maybe use the same color of label um, as the cord so if your cord is black, use a black a black label just so that it looks neater, you know, instead of having different colors hanging off of everything. If your cord's blue, you could go with blue. If it's white, go with white. Uh, if you, if you can go online or you can go to, you know, a, a store and just ask for cord labels and then you'll see a lot of different options. And there are different um, labels for charging cables, for audio cables, you know, for um, television type cables, all of those. The next thing is to design, designate and design just like an area where you can charge. So it's it would be called like a charging home and you can get charging ports that will have five or seven um, ports in them that so you could charge all your devices and you maybe some people like having a charging station in every room because they want their their phones or their tablets or their laptops to be available at any time so if that's you you know go buy one of these charging stations and designate just one area where you're going to have it and um, do that now if you have kids they may want to be having their charger charging in their rooms or maybe you just want to have one like one area maybe it's in the kitchen or the family room where everybody charges um, their their um, all their devices so things that are used less frequently maybe you just put them in a storage space so that you don't have to use them all the time and then, you, finally, you want to hide the mess of cords. So you want to organize your cables. There are cable organizers that come in many different forms. You can get clips, ties, sleeves. They help to bundle the cords together, preventing them from becoming tangled or creating any kind of safety hazard. You can use Velcro ties as they can be easily adjusted and reused. And um, if you're buying new furniture, so many pieces of furniture these days actually have built-in cable management solutions. They have hidden compartments where they keep the cords organized and out of sight. Some of them actually have, have uh, like on lamps, You sometimes you'll actually have a, a charging outlet on the lamp. So that's kind of an interesting thing. Um, when you are storing your cords or disposing of them and make sure first of all that they're labeled but you want to store them really with care because that will increase their longevity you don't want them to crack or or um, to get cut or something so coil them and that prevents kinks and damage and so coil them in a loop and make sure the loop's not too tight and then you can tie it with a cable tie, a, a Velcro st- a strap, or you know anything that you know, like a you know a bag tie. Any of those that all works. There are containers that you can buy that will actually keep all your cords separated and organized, and and that will protect them from dust and dirt and water and all of that. But you know you could also just if you have a drawer that you're not using or that you can clean out maybe just make a divider in the drawer or add some small boxes inside the drawer and make that and just have that as a solution for your cords uh i what that's what i do is i have a drawer and i have little boxes in them and i just i you know twirl them up and i put them in there and then again, just to go back to if you are getting rid of them, remember that e-waste contains hazardous materials. It could have lead or mercury or anything else that could be toxic. So what you definitely want to, um, to use those reuse days or schedule a pickup or, as I said earlier, um, look in in um, in your local community flyers or Next door, whatever way that you get your local news, and see if there might be a charitable e-waste project going on. I know that in where we are, there they happen like all the time. So the key is you want to keep your cords updated. You want to keep them grouped. You want to keep them labeled. You want to keep them stored properly, and then disposed properly if uh, if you don't need them anyway, and then that'll keep you from having just boxes of cords that you're not going to use anymore but again just remember just because something is outdated doesn't mean you can't use it and a good example of that is um, i updated or upgraded i should say from uh, my iphone what did i have i had an iphone 6 Which I loved, right? Well, I, you know, we're up to they're up to iPhone 15s now, and so uh, all of a sudden, it the phone element just really wasn't working. But um, I still held on to my old phone because it wasn't worth anything at all. And the great news is, is I can use it for the internet. Um, You know, I can't use it for a phone, and I can't use it for texting. But I can use it, like for email or um, just to make notes, or for for um, the internet. So you know, not they're not always everything's not disposable. <laughs> well, that's all I want to say about electronics for the moment. Is use your best judgment, but um, just consider when it comes to cords that we have to have safety first, and you don't want to be tripping over those cords and you don't want frayed cords so that you're going to get electrocuted. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. And we're going to come right up with a business bite and then we'll be back with another segment where we're going to talk about strokes and mini strokes and they are a big deal and you really do need to know about them. Don't go away. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com
0: Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan.
1: Do you know how to ask really great questions? Good questions are critical for selling. You have to develop a skill set of asking your customer probing questions so that you can understand what their needs are. Although asking why isn't necessarily recommended for sales effectiveness because that can make customers tense. Remember to ask who, what, where, when, and how. Those seem to be great starting points for conversations. You want to reassure your buyers so that they understand that you have their best interests in mind. And always be honest and work with integrity. Don't monopolize the conversation. In fact, it is always better to stick with that 80-20 rule. Let your customer do 80% of the talking while you listen attentively. Then find out the feelings that this purchase will evoke. And then by asking great questions and really listening to the answers, you may discover the facts that are going to earn you the sale or the job. Remember, you're the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another Business Bite from Star Style. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. At Cynthia Bryan, B R I A N.com. Be the
0: Star You Are. The Star You Are. The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax deductible contribution to Be the Star You Are charity. Be the star you are.org. Dare to care. You are the star. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryant. Now, back to the power party.
1: Well, we are pivoting to health at the moment because a stroke is a very serious matter. In fact, every year, more than 795,000 Americans have a stroke, which is among the leading cause of death in this country now women have a higher risk than men according to the american stroke association and black women are in greater danger than white women and many strokes are preventable by knowing your risk factors and working with a clinician to treat them so doctors want to urge patients to take their medications as prescribed to exercise to drink alcohol in moderation only you know, to eat a healthy diet that's low in salt and fat and rich in fruits and vegetables, fish, nuts and whole grains, sounds like the Mediterranean diet, right? But there are something called TIAs, and those um, are temporary, but the implications are often really serious. So what is a TIA? A TIA is, an, oh, I should say, nearly one in five people who have one will go on to have a stroke in the next 90 days. And half of those strokes occur within 48 hours of a TIA. And most TIAs are considered just small strokes. It's just that the damage to the brain is small enough that the symptoms go away. And some of the symptoms of a TIA would include a drooping face, slurred speech, and maybe some arm or leg uh, uh, weakness. And it's called a mini stroke. And what it is caused by a brief blockage of blood to the brain. And the brief is why it is called a TIA. Some of the risk factors include high blood pressure and, of course, heart disease. But TIAs can result from, besides the brief um, blockage of blood to the brain, it could be caused by a clot. And a TIA symptom, like those of a stroke, affect usually one side of the body. So that's why, as I said, it could, your face could droop, your speech could slur, you might get dizzy, you might be, have like blurry vision on one side, or even lose your vision. And here is an acronym that you should all think about because if this happens to you, then you have to call 911. And that acronym is FAST, F A S T. So the F is for face drooping, the A is for arm weakness, S is for speech difficulty, and the T is time to call 911. Now, usually, the first tests given to determine a TIA are a CT scan and an MRI of the brain and blood vessels to look for any brain damage or other causes of the symptoms. But it's an MRI that is especially important because it can show damage too small to appear on a CT scan. And sometimes, a doctor will also perform an echocardiogram to look for any abnormalities in the heart and blood vessels that might have accounted for the symptoms. Now, other conditions actually can mimic a TIA, and that's why patients need a full medical evaluation. So here are a few things that could mimic a TIA, but really aren't one. You might have a migraine, uh, hypoglycemia, which is low blood sugar, epilepsy. And, you know, it's kind of hard to know what's going on. And this is a problem because if you don't get treated right away, it could be very, very serious. A migraine-related aura or a localized seizure in an area of the brain can actually cause these TIA-like symptoms, even though it isn't um, a TIA. So, How to diagnose. The diagnosis of a TIA is largely based on the symptoms and exam, and that means that doctors often make the diagnosis even if the tests are normal. So if someone's symptoms are consistent with a TIA and doctors don't find any alternative cause, they will treat it as a TIA because It's so important to assist your risk factors and to prevent a future stroke. To assist assist you and to assess that overall risk, what your doctor will probably do is look at factors including high blood pressure. Do you have it? Do you have diabetes? Um, Have you been diagnosed with heart disease? Um, especially arterial fibrillation, which is an irregular heartbeat. Do you have high cholesterol? Are you obese? Or do you possibly have sickle cell disease? Now, certain behaviors also increase risks, such as smoking and a diet high in saturated fats and a sedentary lifestyle. And Of course, doctors have a whole set of criteria, to help evaluate a patient's risk. But as I said at the top of the segment, every year more than 795,000 Americans will have a stroke. And it is among the leading causes of death in this country with women being at a higher risk than men. And so this is scary. So they are preventable when we know our risk factors so again you make sure that you get to your doctor and you get assessed because that you don't want to have a stroke now how could you tell that it is a tia the reason or the reality is you cannot a tia symptoms are the same as those of a stroke And only a health professional can make that call. So only a health professional is going to be able to let you know if you had a stroke or if it was a migraine-related aura or hypoglycemia or something like that. So if the symptoms go away, do not assume that everything is okay. I mean, it's human nature to think, oh, this mustn't be a problem. It can't be serious. I mean, it only happened for a couple of minutes. I know I have to I have to always remind myself of that. I have not had one, but you know, sometimes you know you have your your arm hurts or you get you get numb or something and then it fixes itself and you think, "Oh, okay." But if you have something where that fast where your face is drooping, you have arm weakness, speech difficulty, Remember, that is when it is absolutely imperative time to call 911 because fast action matters. You can't waste time searching your symptoms on the internet, which would probably be most people's first thing is probably, you know, they go to Dr. Google, right? And so, oh, my, my, I'm having slurred speech. I wonder what that's about. No. No, don't uh, don't waste time doing that. Don't call your primary care physician or be on hold because they may not be able to get back to you before 6 hours or so, or maybe they can't even get back to you until the next day or maybe they don't, you know, they can't call you back at all. So neurologists recommend that you just call 911 immediately. Tell them what's happening and get to the hospital. And also, you n- do not want to wait for a family member to come home or to get a ride to the emergency room. You know, don't call a friend, none of those things. You, again, you call 911. So it is better to spend time in the emergency room getting evaluated even if it turns out not to be a TIA or a stroke, because then if you sit home and it is a stroke, um, it could kill you. And if it's a TIA and you do not get, get um, a CT scan or an MRI like immediately afterwards, then just remember that how that, that, you might have a stroke either within the next 90 days or you might be one of that 50% that after a TIA, that they actually have a full blown stroke within 48 hours of the TIA. And coming back from a stroke is a pretty difficult thing to do. So just be very, very cautious of that. And, um, call 911. So remember that acronym, fast, face drooping, arm weakness, speech difficulty, time to call 911. You want to, you want to be fast. That is for, uh, very important. And then one, um, other quick tip on the health is if you have dry eyes, you want to stop that pain. But you have to take dry eyes seriously, because when your eyes are not uh, working correctly, um, then it could be a problem, because when they are working correctly, they constantly produce tears that keep the surface of the eye moist and comfortable. But when you have dry eyes, you either don't produce enough tears or your tears evaporate so quickly because your oil glands are probably clogged. And if you leave that untreated, dry eye can lead to an infection, it can lead to damage to your cornea, and it could even lead to vision loss. So you wanna get to an eye doctor who can diagnose and find out what is causing your symptoms. Uh, You can, if you have dry eyes, you can also try eye drops and ointments but you need to have specific ones. You have to look for eye drops that specifically say lubrication or artificial tears. You do not want the drops that just say redness relief because ointments and gels provide longer relief and you wanna use only at night because they'll blur your vision. But if you need drops more than four times a day, you're gonna to need to switch to preservative free ones that come in single use files And, of course, you can ask your uh, doctor for a prescription. Well, that's our show for today. I want to thank you so much for being here with me on Wednesdays for Star Style, Be the Star You Are, where we try to bring you some information that will make you successful as well as keep you healthy. We want you to change your life for the better and make your dreams come true. For more information about Star Style Productions or to purchase any of my books, and I have two new books out, No Barnyard Bullies and Family Forever, which are both children's picture books, please visit cynthiabryan.com. The money uh, when you purchase a book from our Star Style store will go to charity. And that's a good one. And for information about Be The Star You Are or to find out more about the Pear Festival, visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse and motivate you. I want you to see beyond your physical being, know you are already the star you dreamed of becoming, cherish the past, dream of the future and celebrate every moment of your life. And speak with honesty, think with sincerity and always act with integrity. Until next week, when we play once again here on the Star Style Playground, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. I'm Cynthia Bryan for Star Style, thanking you and encouraging you to be the star you are. Be your unapologetically authentic self. Make it a great week, and we'll be together again next one.